Today, we have our friend Joey Lankford on the podcast. Our worlds collided with his family a few years ago, and now we can't imagine doing life without them. He is the founder of Cultivate Ministry here in Nashville, feeding souls and people in need. He has five kiddos and is someone we look up to in so many ways. He's one of my all-time favorite storytellers, so join me and Joey. Guys, we have one of our dearest, newest friends. Yeah. We When we moved out where we moved um, several years ago, it took us a little while to find each other, but we started doing, um, in 2020, drinks in the driveway with the neighbors right. to like have a sense of community, which, you know, even post-2020, I encourage anyone who has neighbors, which is everyone, um, to get together and get to know them because I think it's one of my favorite things that came out of 2020 is being like besties with the people who live around us. And you're one of those people. I'm so thankful. It's been, it really was a cool thing because we got to add, um, even with y'all, you and Russ, but even more than that, uh, other people have come alongside of us and it's been cool to see that community expand and really, really caring, good people that might not have met each other otherwise. Right. You know, had it not been for us having to be more intentional to do it. So, yeah. Yeah, it's been a great season of life. It's been so good. Guys. Absolutely. Well, you have one of my favorite stories of anyone I know. Not just like, you know, there's people who have like a good epic story. We were together last night. Remy loves going over to see his youngest daughter. He has five kids, but his youngest, um, her name is Baylor Page. He calls her BP. It's a huge letdown when she's not there. It is a huge letdown. And last night was one of those. One of those letdowns. <laughs> letdowns. Hurts but my heart. Even the stories, which I can't, we'll wrap up the episode with you telling some of the stories you told last night. They happened like three days ago. You mm-hmm. know, it's not like <laughs> these things happened six years ago, 12, 20 years ago. Like you're just one of those people that lives out like in a really caring way for the people around you. And because of that, you get to see really cool things. Yeah, some and really tell, cool miracles. Yeah, yep. really cool stories. That's right. And you're a great storyteller, so well, I'm so happy you're here. I'm, I thank you so much for having me to come and share this time with you. I'm so Pretty honored. Cool. I'm Absolutely. so honored. All right, well, let's start at the top here, Joey Lankford. Tell us your story. Uh, yeah, I was I, I was born and raised in Middle Tennessee. Um, fair, fairly, uh, you know, uh, parents still together. Um, met my wife, Courtney, in uh, sixth grade, actually moved and, <laughs> and started going to church together. Uh, and we really didn't fall in love or even notice each other that way until we had both come off of some uh, breakups post high school, moved back into Middle Tennessee, um, and and then I saw her in church and and it was like she had a glow over the top of her. I, I was like, I got to marry that woman right there. I mean, you're the president of the Married Up Club. She is like one of the most hundred percent beautiful people. Yeah. Good men get to marry really pretty girls. And they do. What a blessing it's been to to um, to live beside her for 23 years, you know, and raise a family. But uh, it, and and I tell people, it's you know, going to hear a lot from me today on the podcast. But none of it would have been possible without Courtney. You know, she's the praying wife and the one that sticks beside you and that encourages you to live for more than you think is possible in your yeah. life. And so these great stories come off of us being together, and and um, we really. Um, as a catalyst to, to getting, you know, I had a healthcare company, was living the safe and simple life. We were going to church and we had, uh, Riley Braxton and Baron, which are our three <laughs> oldest kids. Uh, and we had just, uh, built a house out, uh, south of town, south of, of where we were from and the farm that I'd always wanted in the house that she had always wanted. Right. And we were in our early thirties and I, and 
the company was doing well and it was a family owned business. And then she came to me one day, it was early, early in 2008. And then it started getting more intense in 2000, end of 2008. And she said, I want to adopt a baby. Uh, my first response was like, I mean, let the, and I knew I could buy some time as a Christian if I just said, let me, let me pray about it for a little while. <laughs> Joey. You know, so I, and I knew I needed a time because I couldn't answer that question in the context of, <laughs> of just being on the deck of our house and just having had our third child thinking we were just rocking right along. Um, but I did pray about it. I think it was the first time in my life I started really trying to pray. Uh, I was, had grown up in faith, right? Uh, and... As I began to pray, those prayers began to re really, really unravel, unravel me is the best mm -hmm. way to say it. I become real, really discontented with the way my faith life was. Um, even the way that we were uh, living it out, we went to a pretty large mega church here in town, you know, and it was almost being like in the Truman Show every time we <laughs> showed up. Um, and so I just really started grappling with life and 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 uh, and she followed up that question one day in early September and said, I, "You haven't given me an answer. Like I need to know if if you're." And and I remember just being on the deck with her and and looking at her and saying, "Babe, hey, if you wanna if if we're gonna do this, we're gonna do it together. Let's just you go and lead the way. Let me follow and support in any way I can." Um, not knowing that the adoption <laughs> of process over the next eighteen months would cause me just to freaking lose my mind spiritually and, mm. and find myself in crazy ways over the last 13 years. We were able to p adopt a little girl, Bristol. Bristol is, uh, she was 10 months old when we arrived in Ethiopia. I'd never been out, out of the country. Um, I did a couple of mission trips, I think, you know, maybe south of the border a little bit of, of the United States, but I'd never really put my faith in action like that. And I remember I'm, I'm handing me this 10 month old little girl um, in a Wisconsin Badger uniform. Yes, my girl. Yeah, uh, which is crazy. We got that photo uh, still. I don't know if Courtney showed it to you, but um, and they just said, "Here, yeah, here's your baby." And I remember that I had got taken lollipops over there because I'm like, I don't know how to communicate with this kid, but if I stick a sucker in her mouth, <laughs> she's we gonna will like be fast friends. I'm still sticking suckers in her <laughs> mouth, and we're still fast friends. Um, but what, what I didn't realize, you know, those 13 days that we had spent in Ethiopia is that God was really doing a deeper work on my life. He was just, it was like this heart surgery of like, what is your purpose? What is your mission? And what do you want to be your legacy after your 75, 80 years on earth mm -hmm. is spent? And I couldn't really answer that question. Uh, and for the longest time, I would say I just was discontented, like with a lot of things in my life. I was probably hard to live with. Courtney mm -hmm. would probably say, you know, it just was a lot of gray and not a lot of black and white or like clarity yeah. in my journey and um i went to a barn on my property in in early january of, of uh 2009 and and uh i took a can of snuff and a bible <laughs> and it wasn't to get overly spiritual there was a country radio in there and i had my horses down there whatever and and i just remember really for the first time in my life being fully present for god to speak to me it was cold i had a fire in the wood stove but it was sort of my place you know yeah. if you know me that's sort of where i can get really silent and quiet and and for the first time i'd put myself in a position and god came and spoke to me and and he just told me that you know i sort of had this uh if my life was a drama i'd put myself in the center of it on mm -hmm. center stage and if i wanted to see the plans and purposes that he had for me my wife and my kids maybe i ought to think about getting off the throne of my life and letting <laughs> him get on it you know 
And I remember just thinking, uh, this sounds like a sand, a line in the sand moment. Like, this doesn't feel good at all. Mm. This is going to cost me something, right? <laughs> like, I know there's a, there's a flip side to this, but if I answer this question the way I don't want to answer it, then who knows what's going to come after that, you know? And I just remember, you know, it was like, I went in Friday at like three. I remember it being like Saturday, late Saturday night, and I was on the hay bales and I was trying to get some sleep and I was just wrestling with the Lord, you know, and, and I remember just saying, okay, I surrender, you know, I'm going to surrender. And I, and, and Sunday morning, the sun was shining. I went back to my house and my wife was in there and she said, you know, how was it down there? And I said, I really, I know that spiritually I got a lot of clarity directionally for our family. I think it's murkier than it's ever been. Cause I don't know what this is going to entail. And so, um, she hugged me. I'll never forget. And just looked in my eyes and with her hand on my face and said, I'm going to pray for you as you continue to do this, explore this. <laughs> She's an angel. And I could see her like, I just want you to be who God's called you to be. Right. But I, and I, and I know it's going to cost us something, right. Whatever that cost was in our minds back then, the currency in the kingdom has just, you know, hundred folded us over the yeah. last 13 years. But, um, we packed everything after we got Bristol, the Lord began to really call us to missions. Um, and I thought when he's, when the first call to missions came into my <laughs> spirit, I was like, no, I've been when missionaries come to my church and Lord, you have called the wrong dude. Like <laughs> these missionaries the right that I dude. met in the vestibule of my little Baptist churches, <laughs> That's not what you're doing right here. You know, like this is, and it was this, just trust me, just trust me. And so um, we went to, uh, I went to South Africa and uh, they had, I went to work for a, a place called Living Hope. And they were really, really working to, um, in the township south of Cape Town to develop support services for people with AIDS. Um, it's about 54% unemployment in the township called Masapumalele. That was the one that I worked most directly with. But they had a hospice center and me being from healthcare, I thought, well, you know, that would probably be a fit, whatever. But it ended up that we had found some greenhouses down the road for sale. And um, they were like three miles from really, really intense hunger inside this township called Maspumalele. So we organized the purchase of those, moved them into a training camp there in front of the uh, entrance and exit of the township. And we started growing food as a training platform for people trying to access unfilled jobs in Cape Town. So really focused on the poverty and unemployed within the Southern Peninsula there in Cape Town. Now you talk about with my accent <laughs> going into Africa and trying to lead a team uh, to build something. Uh, but what really began to stir in me and it, it uh, was this desire to, to use um, workforce development and like entrepreneurial kind of training to get people equipped and get them to stand up eventually on their own, you know, through just time spent with them. And I had a very, I think, looking back now, it's, you know, I was very business oriented. So we're going to set it up to do this and this, and we're mm -hmm. going to have this and this, we're going to have these buy, buyer contracts and we're going to do this. And, 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 uh, it worked, but, um, we were there for five years uh, yeah, living. You, just, you just glossed over the fact that you moved your entire yeah, family moved my to family Africa there. for five years. Yeah. And um, when he said go, you really went. We went. Yeah, as best we could. You know, we. I remember I, this number sticks out to me because it was Courtney said we we left with seventeen crates of clothes. I don't remember that, <laughs> but I'm sure as a woman who had a her life built, that was a, a daunting thing to put 
everything for what was then four kids into these crates and try to move and set sail and just yeah leave her past world behind you know and i remember just like clutching her hand and and saying you know my father this could go really right or really wrong and if it goes really wrong there could your your dad's probably not going to like me very much mm. And, and so I'll probably end up staying in Africa and just shipping everybody back home, <laughs> just for the record. Because, you know, because there was this this fear in me about that was just unresolved about like when you step out into these waters, you know, yeah. we, we all know stories of things that go really well and things that go wrong. Ours has been a combination of both in a way. You know, we've had ups and downs and, and there are, has been moments where it's been harder than others. But... While we were there, the Lord really blessed that ministry, and my wife was, uh, she's a nurse, and so she started really taking an interest in um, women, young women, 12, 13-year-old girls who were having babies and not having any kind of health consulting related to how to raise those wow. babies. And so she jumped into that township with both feet and uh, began to, to minister. Uh, she learned how to, to the lactation consulting stuff and just took curriculum and said, I'm just going to plow into teaching these young moms who have no no resource for learning, you know, what it's like to nurture and get to know a baby. I'm going to start teaching that. Done a phenomenal job in that area. Uh, while I was growing food and, and, and God was blessing that, we grew it to 13 greenhouses, um, fairly large agricultural platform, a tr very robust training and discipleship program. Um, I, le I led it much like I do now, you know, we'll get into what I'm yeah. doing now, but I led a great team of people who were called and anointed different seasons of their life to join me from universities and from churches around this country and say, we've been called to join you and support what you're doing. And I look back on my life and I'm like, man, it's just a testimony of stepping out and then watch others step out, you know, and give an invitation to other people to say, no, this might be what God's doing in my life. And so they bring their families and then we build community in, on the Southern tip of Africa. And, um, so for five years, we did that. Um, well, Courtney got pregnant while we were down there. That's where BP came from. <laughs> Ramdog's favorite. I, I he mean, loves Bristol too. He yeah, loves the, she's so uh, sweet to him. She's a pistol. But <laughs> Courtney got pregnant. We were able to uh, to stay there, and 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 they had the health services to support what what we needed there. And so Baylor was born in December 2013, I think. Yep, and um. <laughs> we've been that able many kids to, like, yeah, yep. we, we watched, we've just watched her become just such a blessing to us. And shortly after that, I think we were there a year, year and a half after, uh, Baylor was born. The Lord began to really stir in our hearts that it might be time to come home. You know, Briley, our oldest was getting to where she was moving from junior high to high school. And we were going to make some permanent plans, right? Yeah. Like we could have stayed there. It was geographically an amazing place to raise a family. And, and we were really engaged and the ministry was good, but, there's this real sense that we needed to come back. We didn't really know it was it was harder to move back to America than wow. it was to move to Africa for us, um, because the un, we we had come together relationally and reached depths in that culture just because of the way the rhythms of that culture are that we couldn't have otherwise done had we not went out into the world like that. And so I knew I'm fixing to get back into how I was raised, where I was raised. You know, Tennessee Orange, mm -hmm. you know, on Saturdays, you know, just the whole cultural kind of 
uh, rhythm that I so enjoy and, and, and love. That's who I am as a person, but can be so captivating and move me away from the sweet spot that I knew I'd mm. felt for five years. I think a lot of people feel that way, you know, like we're here, we're in it, it's blessed, it's good, but is there something else that's that, that we could be doing or, you know, that God may have for us? So this time we were answering that question, mm-hmm. you know, from the other side, coming back, and the Lord just really told us, I remember taking Courtney out for Valentine's night, uh, 2015, and saying, I have, I don't really don't know what this means, but the Lord is telling us to stay in food, like, when we go home, I'm supposed to stay in food. And we had some friends that had joined alongside of us, um, and they began to affirm that and say, mm-hmm. we think you've got a spot there for, like, food and food insecurity and and, and and that kind of thing in the country. And so we moved back with, like, an idea. It was sort of a pipe dream of, can we do this? Well, we're just going to try it, right? And uh, we started thinking about brands and what we would call it, and it became Cultivate, yeah. you know, which y'all are, uh, a lot of you are familiar with that, that'll be listening to this, but it's, um, I still just knew this is the name <laughs> and that's a really cool name and she'd go on a lot of shirts. Like that's my <laughs> thought saw the process. Branding. Yes. I'm like, all right, now uh, how do we get to where it's legitimized and people actually say, well, we want to join our lives with it, right? And and moving. And so um, I had become friends with the governor uh, Casual, um, yeah, and and just, uh, just presented him with the idea of using uh, underutilized land uh, to set up uh, 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 growing platforms for people to train and develop in ag and ag-related services, ag technology, all these things, but um, to also equip them for unfilled jobs that we know are around the state, and and so uh, we were able to set it up at the Ellington Ag Center, mm-hmm. uh, which was. I mean, I didn't really know the meaning and significance of that when God allowed it to happen, but we're the only ag department in the United States with a working farm on it, and that farms cultivate. And so we started opening the doors in 2016, when I mean just like setting the infrastructure up uh, on on a little eight-acre field at the bottom of, of the hill at the ag campus there, right in Nashville, like right so so logistically easy to get to. Yeah, it's like the governor it's, basically gave him a farm within yeah. like five miles of downtown. Yeah, like like we're talking miraculous stuff yeah, here. It's, like you that can't doesn't. It yeah, that doesn't happen. It like you way. didn't have to buy it. No, you didn't have to invest. Like no, just the Lord a, just gave it to you. Just said to it, take care of. Yes, <laughs> and it was the partnership with the state, and then the corresponding partnerships because of that one partnership that really legitimized the ministry from the beginning. Yeah. Like, Oh, if you, Oh, he's, Oh, they're doing it at the, with the state of Tennessee. They must be, you know, some really, really powerful and, and all, you know, have this structure <laughs> and set up. Okay. And I tell people, and I told you in Russ last night, like I'm still falling forward in ministry, right? Like it's, it's, but we became a flagship for the rehabilitation of prisoners coming out of prison. I did not, I couldn't have scripted it in a million years. So amazing. And so prisoners started coming after they were um, released from prison. Um, and and a lot of times just struggling with horrific addiction, you know, like from around rural counties, usually from around our state, but yeah. migrate to, to Nashville because of the resources in Nashville. And we became a catch basin for like these people who were literally without any community and no resources, no money, no vehicles, no 
And so we just started working together with them. And um, I had two the first season. Um, both are still very dear friends of mine. One runs a farm now in uh, south of where we are now. Um, he's an amazing individual and probably one of the greatest disciple makers I've ever been around. Um, he has three kids now. And so uh, a wife, they're doing great. And so that was like 2016, 2017. Um, we've grown a lot since then. And, and the key leadership around Cultivate Now are people who have graduated from the program. Uh, we're men and women now. And yeah. uh, we've got seven modules of training and a real robust discipleship program that we walk with them through. Um, they get to earn a living wage while they're in our program so that they can get some savings. And we've got some people that work with them on that. Um, we partner with a, 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 a group called Men of Valor here locally, which is a residential housing um, uh, units for them and, and support system, discipleship, that kind of thing. So we co-labor with a lot of people and, and trying to keep people um, and get them to a place where they can stand on their own, get a little bit of a, um, uh, some money, transportation, community, churches, friends. Y'all are friends with some of some of the guys that yeah. have been through our program, you know, and you know how, how wonderful those men and women are. Um, but uh, we've graduated, I think, 75 people uh, over the last few years. We do, we're up to 15 a year now, which is pretty crazy that we'll take uh, intake and onboard 15 people. Um, we're rapidly growing that number, so we've got some really aggressive growth plans. And our model is to grow food and to sell half of it and to give half of it away. So if you think like by weight, a pound of tomatoes, if, if we sell them to a high-end restaurant here in Nashville or, you know, whatever through our retail store, which we got now, we'll give a pound away to acute hunger relief through distributors and partners and people that engage those areas. Um, we'll do 250,000 pounds of food this year, which is crazy to think <laughs> that comes out of our fields, you know, um, We've got three f production farms now and about 12 community gardens around at churches in the area. Uh, those, those community gardens are like we invest in the infrastructure, the raised beds, whatever, and then the, the churches or the, the foster care homes or whatever will take over the maintenance of those, and it gives the people time to get in the dirt and, and feel the therapy that we know comes from just the soil and plants. So, um, yeah, and we want to be at a million pounds by 2027. <laughs> So I'm still that business guy pushing yeah. to make sure that we're touching as many lives as we can and doing it in a way that um, doesn't create this. Uh, for me, I tell people, like, my hands should look like their hands, you know, through the summer. I should be working with them, not mm. out there working for them in some obscure place. That So I'm on the farm a lot with them. Um, if if you're scheduling meetings with me, generally it's on the farm. Um, they'll say he can he can see it's going to be in a hot barn office, you know. But um, I think it it creates a lot of currency for me with men who look like me and talk like me, you know, that yeah. um, might not otherwise darken the door of a church, but they'll let me speak into their life and and I'll let them speak into mine. Um, it's amazing how many times I've been in a conversation where I, I've realized walking away from it wait that was not for that person it was for me mm. like the Lord's revealing and he's doing things in each of our lives and neither one of us are pitching up with a broken a brokenness that he can't heal or or, or a, a qualifications that he didn't give right we're just meeting on this piece of ground and he does something really supernatural in it so 
I'm I'm in. You know, I <laughs> We're think ministry is fun. I think people that have been able to join along. I tell people, you know, when you see Cultivate, it literally is an army of thousands of thousands of people. Um, we had three thousand volunteers uh, come to the farm and volunteer for an hour and a half to three hours to serve alongside of us last year, and they were from twenty four states. So. I haven't been out to 24 states talking about it, right? But people are coming, and they're wanting to pitch up, and, and they're wanting to give themselves away for the sake of the gospel. And I think Mark 835, you know, was one that was very impactful to me back in 2009 and 10. And the Lord says, you know, if if you give yourself away, the man that wants to save himself eventually loses mm-hmm. himself. But the man that gives himself away for my sake or the gospel finds himself, right? And that would be my complete testimony Yeah. after 13 years is still exploring the depths at which I can go with that, right? Because it seems like every tra- transaction that I put myself out in, I'm like, whoa, that was totally <laughs> not what I expected. And it blows my hair back. And I'm like, Court, you got to hear about this. She's like, the kids got this, this, and this. And I'm like, I, you got to hear about this. You know, mm. and so there's this, we were talking about it, you and I were talking about it earlier, you know, God gives, has gifted her and I with the ability to not, not only do family cross-culturally and then bring it back, but I mean, she's the rock that carries that mm. along and allows me to just really minister to people. She works now for the Hope Clinic for Women, so she's still in ministry two days a week and she's helping pregnant ladies uh, make decisions regarding the life of their baby and what they want to do. And I just, I just, I think sometimes I get to talk about my ministry so much and (laughs) I'm like, my wife is just such an incredible home run hitter, you know, like she's hit hit a lot more out of the park than I have. It's just uh, very, very uh, good to be yoked in ministry with somebody that compliments my, me in such a way, you know, you, you see it up close and personal yourself, but it's that complimentary kind of where our strengths lie and how do we bend them most towards the kingdom of God in the short years we have here, you know? This episode is sponsored by Hyatt Health, another new and incredible partner supporting what Coffee with Kaylee is putting out in the world. And I'm so excited to be working with them this season because of what they're doing in the children's supplement space. Let's talk about children's vitamins. You know, the ones that often look and taste like candy, but aren't doing our kids any favors in the nutrition department? Well, say hello to Haya Health, the pediatrician-approved superhero of chewable vitamins that's changing the game for our kids' health. Unlike those sugary gummies that can lead to all sorts of health issues, Haya has zero sugar and is perfect for those picky eaters. Plus, Haya fills in the gaps of our modern children's diets. It's formulated with the help of nutritional experts and packed with 12 organic fruits and vegetables and 15 essential vitamins and minerals. For me personally, when I'm putting together the grocery list, I can't say I'm always thinking of, do we need new vitamins? So when Haya is designed for kids of all ages and conveniently delivered straight to your door, it can't be easier. In your first shipment, it comes with a bunch of cute little stickers, and Remy loved getting to decorate his little higher bottle. He genuinely cannot wait to take his vitamins every single morning. It is his little treat. We've worked out a special deal with Haya for their best-selling children's vitamin. Receive 50% off your first order. To claim this deal, you must go to HayaHealth.com slash Coffee with Kaylee. This deal is not available on their regular website, so go to H-I-Y-A-H-E-A-L-T-H dot com slash Coffee with Kaylee to get your kids the full body nourishment they need to grow into healthy adults. 
With all the travel we do, staying hydrated is a top priority for us. Getting out of your rhythms can affect your day, but with Element, I find it super helpful and easy to keep refueling myself with nutrients and electrolytes. Okay, so what is Element, you may be asking? Element is a delicious electrolyte drink mixed with everything you need and nothing that you don't. That means lots of salt with no sugar. It contains a science-backed electrolyte ratio of 1,000 milligrams of sodium, 200 milligrams of potassium, and 60 milligrams of magnesium. It's super clean, and that matters with no sugar, no coloring, no artificial ingredients, no gluten, and no fillers. Electrolytes facilitate hundreds of functions in the body, including the conduction of nerve impulses, hormonal regulation, nutrient absorption, and fluid balance. Element can help prevent and eliminate headaches, muscle cramps, fatigue, sleeplessness, and other common symptoms of electrolyte deficiency. Russell and I personally both love it, and I'm so thankful for a clean, hydrating electrolyte mix for that extra hydration whenever we need it. Because y'all, these salty flavors are so good. They're so good. I just pour one packet into a big old Stanley and it is the best little treat. Right now, Element is offering a free sample pack with any purchase. That's eight single serving packets free with any Element order. That's a great way to try all eight flavors or share Element with a salty friend. Get yours at drinkelement.com slash coffee. This deal is only available through my link, so you must go to D-R-I-N-K-L-M-N-T dot com slash coffee. Element offers no questions asked refunds, so try it totally risk-free. If you don't like it, share it with a salty friend and they'll still give you your money back. No questions asked. You have nothing to lose. I There was a woman who walked up to us, uh, to me in church actually, when Russ and I were broken up back in, right after college. And she said, I say this because it is very parallel to y'all. And she said, when, when are you and Russell getting married? <laughs> and I was like, oh, well, you must not have heard. We broke up. She goes, no, I heard. And I was like, well, I don't, apparently you know more than <laughs> I do then. And she goes, honey, she goes, he is the kite and you are the string that ties him mm-hmm. to the ground. Yeah, for sure. And she goes, he cannot do what he's supposed to do 100%. without you. And I just, that always stuck with me. Mm-hmm. And like, as you're, you and Russell are so similar, right. like you found each other and it was right. love at first bro site. Mm-hmm. And uh-huh. I mean, just a couple of rednecks running through the woods. Like yeah. <laughs> these, We're in our element these there. two, yeah. <laughs> just, I wish, I wish everyone could be a fly on the wall, you know, yeah. but and Courtney, I just, we feel so kindred. Like right. I, I watch her deal with your crazy, <laughs> your special <laughs> brand of crazy. Cause Russ has his own special brand of Absolutely. crazy. In the most wonderful way, like y'all are dreamers and go-getters right. and you're just jump, like right. God says, jump off a cliff. You're like, how, how far, right. you know? And right. um, yeah, it's just, I love watching her live life with you. Right. Like she, I just love her so much. And it's so, it's fun to watch, you know, we, we've been married, I said 23 years and it's been an evolution of sorts and how we, cause we've got two that are out of the house now. And we got the others are rapidly approaching that place and we're in our mid forties and it's like, you know, sometimes ministry was a lot funner when we were 35 (laughs) and now we're 45 and it's like, you know, uh, how do we do this and how do we continue to live in this? And, and to be honest, Kaylee, it's the question of, do we still like believe that God's got a plan, Yeah, you know, that he's going to sustain us and hold us and he's going to make sure that our next 20 was richer than our last 20, you know, and that we're living an adventure and not leaving anything on the table when it comes to giving 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 our time and life away you know and we've been really blessed um 
just to have the support that we have, you know, to be able to live ministry. Um, I was in the gym a minute ago and, um, a, a dude comes up to me and says, Hey, uh, one of our physical therapists was on a mission trip to the Dominican Republic. And, uh, he felt like the Lord had called him to missions and he seen you in the gym and he wants to know if, can I enter, can we introduce you? And I was like, yeah. So my first words out of, out of my mouth, when I saw him, he looked up young guy, just newly married. And I said, Oh, the Lord got a hold of you, did he? <laughs> and he said, he didn't really know how to, and he said, yeah, I think so. And I said, no, he got a hold of you. I can look in your eye and tell, but that's the most, I think the beauty of ministry now is that I get to love on people like that, who God's calling and Courtney, cause I said, your wife really needs to talk to my wife, you know, uh, because, it is, a, it is a calling. It is something that you do and you put your life into. And there'll be times where you'll wonder why you're doing it or does anybody notice that you're doing mm-hmm. it, right? Um, but in those seasons, in those spots where you're just clinging to one another and saying, you know, how do we do this and how do we continue? God's always got that, that miracle right around the corner. It's almost like every day mm. there's something that just lights my pilot and it's like, well, I got, I got to see this today and I would have never gotten to see this. And I tell people it's like being in, you know, having a front row seat to some of the greatest kingdom stories in the world happening in our time, 2023, you know, yeah. it's just crazy. Yeah. People think it, it all ended. No, it, it Yeah. Every it day all around us. Yeah. You know, it's a perception thing. It's a speed of life and what you allow yourself to see. And, you know, if, if I, I'm a very, I, I try to be very intentional with like doing, do one just stupid random act a day, like just go out of your comfort zone. And, and usually, you know, it's never about giving money. Most people think it's about giving, you know, I got to give them 10 bucks or I got to do this. And while it is that sometimes, most of the time it's just being present with somebody and giving them permission to say, Hey, are you okay? You know, I, mm-hmm. I just feel like you, you got a weight that you're carrying and man, they just open up you know, with all kinds of stories and testimonies and you realize we're not as far apart as we might think we are. You know, mm-hmm. we're very kindred in a lot of ways as people. And so just trying to figure out what's the part of me that you need to show me that I might not know about myself. Right. And all those conversations, even with homeless people and everywhere I go, you know, so. <laughs> yeah. It's like, what did I do for the least of these? Right. Mm-hmm. Like, what mm-hmm. did I do? It's a plumb line for sure. Yeah. And it's, and it can be hard too. Like as a girl, I get, I feel like the times that I don't, I'm like, well, I need to be safe. I need to be wise. I need to be smart. And and I think there is truth to that. For sure. But I just love your stories so much. Will you tell us the latest miracle story you got, you know? Yeah. Well, um, I don't have a, a, a real knack for my phone. You know, and I got all these people that are always trying to reach me for whatever. That's why Courtney's like beside, beside me a lot. Like, you know, and so um, the lady, Jen, who uh, helps me keep my, you know, business and, and ministry life together. And Courtney, they have the same birthday, number one, but they communicate really well about my my inability to be where I'm yeah. supposed to be. So um, it was, we were in Knoxville this weekend and mm-hmm. I had some really, high, you know, important meetings, but my wife got to go. And so I was like, I was so just like, this is the best thing in the world. So we got up to leave and, um, we were going to just hike 
the campus, UT campus, and we were going to soak in the Neyland Stadium. And I got carried away. I don't mind telling you, but I forgot <laughs> my phone that morning. And so we're walking to this garden where we were going to sit down and just talk to one another. And it was like 1145. And I said, wait, I think I'm supposed to meet somebody for lunch at 12. <laughs> and I'm not even sure who it is, but I need to be at Calhoun's on the river at 12 o'clock. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know who I'm looking for, but God's going to reveal. And she just said, okay. So she starts Ubering, Ubering and getting Ubers and whatever. And next thing I know, we're in an Uber and I'm at Calhoun's and she's like, okay, babe, have a good day. You know, you don't have a phone. So I guess we'll just get together later and you can figure out how to get home. I'm like, yeah, no problem. And we, that's our life though. That's yeah. not abnormal. Like, but what a, what a woman. Yeah, I, just, so she just I love her. Takes See you off, later. Right? Have a great day. Yeah, and so I said, well, you, you want to get lunch with us? or not? No, 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 no. I, I just want to go do my thing. I said, okay, perfect. So I go in, and I walk into Calhoun's, and obviously the people stood up from a table, started over, and had a great lunch with these people, and they were like, we'll uh, – in the park, it's sort of awkward when you're there to minister to them and tell them how to give, get, you know, get their life together and whatever. And you look around and you're like, I don't have a car. I got to walk home, right? <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, get your life so together, but like, I don't have mine yeah, together. Okay, I don't have mine cool. together at all. <laughs> but I can tell you how to put piece every piece of your ministry together as you move forward in God's will for your life. So, um, but they're like, okay, get in the car. We'll just take you wherever you're staying. And I said, no, nah, I really would like to uh, walk. Got, and it was blistering hot. That was a lie from right out of my mouth. <laughs> I was just like, I've had enough. To, I just need to be yeah. by myself, right? So I take off walking, and I realize real quick that it dumped me out on the freeway. And I'm like, oh, my goodness. I'm not going to be. I could see where I needed to be, but I couldn't get there, right? And I walk past this the steakhouse, Ruth Chris, mm -hmm. people that know Knoxville. It's like at the end of this road. And I'm like, oh, man. And the people of the valet were like, you know, who's this homeless guy coming up through here? And. And so I just acted like I'm going to a car in the parking lot. Just kept my gaze focused. I know where I'm going. Please don't stop me. But I get to the end of the parking lot, and it runs out, and there's nowhere to go except up under the overpass. interstate <laughs> or the overpass. I'm like, well, I, you can't give it away now. I mean, you got to go. Where, so I just charged up in the woods, and, and there's a homeless camp there. And I'm like, oh, my goodness. This is the best thing in the world. Like they're just sitting up there, the kettles are going, you know, they're yeah. under there, and I'm like, this is this is amazing. So, I, at first I was like, well, I, you know, I don't want to step on anything, I'm yeah. just looking around, like you know, and but I got into the most amazing conversation with these two old dudes, and before you know it, they I was Joey and he was Chief and the other one was Don and. We were talking and, you know, just sort of, I said, well, you know, I'll see you around, you know, uh, thanks for sharing a little bit of your life with me. And they'd been there for years, just homeless, you know, and, and, uh, so I left and then, um, got back on the streets that night and was having dinner with my wife and coming back down and there they are, Chief and Don sitting there, you know, in the street. Your new best and friends. My new best friends. Why wouldn't they be, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Here we are walking around and Chief said, hey, Joey. And my wife's like, uh, I think that homeless person just said your name. <laughs> I, I said, no, it's Chief. Then come here. Let's. He said, um, hey, man, you mind going over and getting me a pack of cigarettes? I said, not a bit. I said, what kind you want? He said, oh, menthol 100s. I said, why, sure. 
get you a pack of cigarettes. And Courtney's standing off six or eight <laughs> feet, still at the moment going, what in the world are these? <laughs> she how should does be used to know? this by now. Oh, for sure. <laughs> so she turns around and goes, I guess you're going to get him cigarettes. <laughs> I'm going, to, I got to go to the room. Briley's meeting us in the room. I'm like, yeah, I, I mean, I, I committed to the old boy buying a pack of smokes. You know, you can't leave a boy hanging. He's going, he'll be sitting there nicking out here in a minute. It'll be mm -hmm. my fault. So sometimes life is about buying cigarettes, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, I always tell people, like, meet people where they are and try to identify. Like, I didn't feel comfortable when my road run out, but I knew as soon as I saw them in the woods, why my road had run out. Mm. Like it was, you're sort of lost at the end of Ruth Chris parking lot and you're, and you don't, that's not comfortable even for me. Right. But then when I entered the woods and stepped around those trees and I saw those, those men up in the woods, I was like, oh, okay, I know I'm supposed to glean something here. I'm supposed to learn something or at least just show love through a smile and like talk to them. I didn't have any, I didn't have, a, I didn't have nothing on me, my person, <laughs> nothing. And I was like, I have nothing to give other than my time and presence and make them feel like somebody loves them today, right? Which has been 13 years. It's mm -hmm. what I do in the mornings with with people showing up addicted and, and dealing with mental crisis and that kind of thing is not try to fix it, but give them permission to be themselves and say, you know, I don't have an answer. You know, I said, there's a lot of areas in my life I'm trying to find answers to, seek answers to a lot of brokenness still, you know, that I'm trying to seek the Lord on how to, continue the journey with him through and deal with stuff. And so it's, I think it's about the invitation that we give with our lives for people to ask us hard questions and, and, to, and to also feel the freedom to ask them questions. You know, it's amazing what I get from people when I do Q and A's in front of audiences with people who have graduated from our program. Hmm. When I give permission to these people to ask my friends what you want to ask them about life, prison, their ministry now, how they're impacting their families, restoring their relationships. And I usually sit there weeping, you know, because I get to hear the testimonies of the most amazing miracle stories happening right now. And so as, I, as, as we've talked about, you know, I always look at myself through the mission lens as being the, ones, the one most blessed hmm. by the journey. Sure, there's people in jobs. There's people out of homelessness. There's... There's people in Africa that have their own farms. There's a lot of friends that I've got all over the world. And I have not been in an exchange with anybody where I think that I've blessed them more than they've blessed me. The Lord has changed the lives of so many, including mine. So just take a second and think if you didn't have access to a Bible or weren't even allowed to have one. That is the reality that many people around the world are facing today. Sharing that hope and peace with others is something that is so close to my heart, and that is why I wanted to tell you about one of our partners, Crew. Crew has missionaries in almost every country on earth, and they are seeing people come to know Jesus. There's just one thing that they need, a Bible in their own language. One missionary said, we found so many people reading their Bibles, so please continue to pray for us. We still need more Bibles to distribute. So friends, let's meet that need. For only $21 a month, you can provide three people with Bibles each and every month. When you sign up to provide three Bibles with a monthly gift of $21, as a thank you, 
Crew will provide meals for 15 hungry individuals through their humanitarian aid ministry. Plus, you'll receive one of my very own Coffee with Kaylee mugs. So simply text Kaylee to 71326 to help today. Imagine just how much this gift could change someone's life. For real. So text Kaylee to 71326. That's K-A-I-L-E-Y to 71326 to help now or visit give.crew.org slash Kaylee. Message and data rights may apply. Available to U.S. addresses only. Quality sleep is one of the most crucial forms of self-care that there is. When we have healthy sleep routines, we sleep our best so we can be our best. Make sleep your simplest self-care routine with the Hatch Restore 2. The Hatch Restore 2 is your bedside sleep guide and your ally in rest. Even in these newborn days when you feel all alone, (laughs) I love having my Hatch Restore 2 in the same room, telling me the time just at first glance. So easy, so simple. It's an all-in-one dream machine, sophisticated sound machine, light and alarm clock, beautifully designed for your bedside table or new nursery. Good rest allows you to be the best version of yourself, which is why Hatch Restore 2 was engineered to help you form healthy sleep habits for your life. Your Hatch teaches your body when it's time to sleep and when it's time to rise with light and sound cues. It can coach you through meditations and mindfulness exercises that transform the time before and after sleep into restful rituals. I love all of the sound options. There's white, pink, brown noise, or other sleep sounds. We personally love the brown noise. We are such big Hatch fans. We have had a Hatch for Remy since he was born. Now we have one for Radford. Now we have one for the bus alley for the boys. And I have the Hatch Restore 2 also on the bus. When I tell you I love this brand and everything they do, I genuinely mean it. Great sleep can't be forced, especially in my life right now, but it can be learned. And the Hatch Restore 2 is here to help. Right now, Hatch is offering our listeners $20 off your purchase of a Hatch Restore 2 and free shipping at hatch.co slash cwk. Sleep deeply and wake gently with the Hatch Restore 2 and go to hatch.co slash cwk to get $20 off and free shipping. That's hatch.co slash cwk. I always say that as someone who did missions photography for a little while, people are like, what was that like? Or this or that. I'm like, you don't, you watch teams and all these different people go. And I did too. The first time I was like, oh, we're going to bless these people. Right. Mm, they Not no, a clue. No. They mm-hmm. blessed us. You mm-hmm. know, like we might've put a roof over their head. Mm-hmm. We might've done some tangible things, but yep. they changed me. Absolutely. And there's something about, and I think that's why we became kindred friends so mm-hmm. quickly that like. When you've experienced real hardships, mm-hmm. right, mm-hmm. and you've seen people live through them with joy on their faces, right, you you just don't really have a tolerance <laughs> for like I, toxic people right. or people who complain about first world things, or yeah. you just don't really have the patience. You're like, you know what? There's so much more, right? And I find that's probably where my greatest rub is. In, in the culture that I was yeah. groomed and grown to enjoy and love. And I'm still Tennessee black and blue. Like, you know, I just love this place. I love calling it home. But one of the things that really, I think, collides with where I'm at in ministry and and, and my own sense of adventure and God's call is that we can have all that we have, right? And there's still what I see as, as such a, a, just a surface level of depth. 
in -hmm. relationships. And I think that's why we've grown to love y'all and the others that we run with, you know, Mm -hmm. is because when we break bread or whatever, we go, it's deeper than, than what I find in most of our experiences elsewhere. And that's, that's good. And it's also challenging to share that, you know, Mm -hmm. how do we become conduits of that so that other people can touch a depth that maybe helps them with pain points in their life that they're struggling with and that they will never let anybody see outside of, you know, just their face. And, um, it's, it's just really cool to see people be given permission to be themselves, Mm -hmm. to state something that they may not have otherwise been able to state or felt comfortable sharing, you Mm -hmm. know, our round table has grown to like 30 something people on Monday mornings at the ag center. So, uh, you know, I told you we have 15, so we've got like 15, 20 community people from the, the community around the Ag Center coming to the Ag Center for their church service on Monday mornings. And it's not one preacher, it's 10 people sharing the testimonies of just trying to stay sober over the weekend or, you know, dealing with not seeing a kid for eight years or, you mm-hmm. know, all the stories. And it really, really just touches me every day at a deep level to see the perseverance and struggle through struggle that these individuals live with. And, it, it it encourages my soul for sure and keeps me from uh, going crazy myself. You, you know? glad you're yeah. not in healthcare still? Oh, <laughs> uh, I mean, I just, yeah, I just want to be, like I said, I'm 45. You'll be 46 this year. And uh, I think for me, it's like, just, Lord, keep us aware and keep us faithful and keep us connected enough uh, because we're you know every every day is challenging in its own way kids and finances and and questions about ministry and 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 uh and even with my spouse you know wish i could say every day was just perfect but you know you said it best you know she deals with me you know it's just <laughs> like and there's a lot there you know that goes on and and uh so i think as we embrace what god has done Right, and we stack the the stones, memorial stones, over yeah. the rivers and the waters that we've been able to to traverse and pass over, which we do do that physically as I a want family. You to, I want you to explain that for people who might not know. Yeah, um, you know, uh, when, when the Israelites were taken across the Jordan River and, and they walked across on dry land, and they had a new leader. He's one of my favorite leaders in the Bible, but Joshua had just taken over, and and. Uh, he just he told the, the 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 chief leaders of every tribe when we go across this on dry land I want you to grab a stone, and so they did. And when they got to the other side, um, they had a ritual or like they built an altar to the Lord, right? And 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 they stacked those stones. And his word to them in that moment was that there was there going to be a lot of days that pass between now and where we're going in, into our future with the Lord. And there were with Joshua, he fought mm-hmm. a lot of wars in his time leading the Israelites. But he said, I wanted to stack this stone because when you look back with your kids and your grandkids, there's going to be a lot that happens between now and then. But on this day, I want you to be able to point something that only God could do. Like this is like a memory recall for you. And so back in Africa and here, I've just started and in, in, a lot that I've written and spoke about. It's like the physical act of stacking stones, Yeah, you know, like just putting stones together. And, you know, right now we do it with Sharpie pens, but it's like 
if you have a problem, your wife got diagnosed with cancer or you've got this or you've got that, we want to pray with you. But we also want to know the outcome, right? Because we want to celebrate and memorialize those. It can be my kid wanting an A on a test, <laughs> right? And saying, I can't do this. I don't know this material. I do not have the capacity to do X, Y, and Z. Okay, we hear you, right? And we receive that. But two days later, when they come in yelling and shaking that paper and saying, look what I did, look what I did, you, you say, now you need to write that down. You need to stick that on that rock because you're going to have harder tests in your life. You're going to have way harder tests in your life, and you're going to need to look back when you were in eighth grade and you didn't think you could get an A and you got an A, mm. right? So sometimes it's just physically taking the miracles of God and writing them down and saying, because I don't go to the next step without looking back and knowing, you know, there's a lot of steps are hard to take, right? And oh, I got to yeah. have the memory. I got to have the recall. I got to know that God was with me when I run out of pavement at the Ruth Chris, right? <laughs> yeah. And when I turn right, there was a plan and I was swept away into a kingdom story that I wouldn't have otherwise got to participate in. Right. Mm. Cause it's going to be the same today somewhere. Right. <laughs> right. I'm going to go somewhere and it's going to be like, oh, I don't want to go. I don't want to do that. I don't want to go there. And I'll remember chief from Knoxville. Right. You know, and I'll be like, no, this is probably got something there for me and for my life. So is, is, uh, as difficult as it can be, it's, it's a hundred times more beautiful when you, when you look at your rearview mirror, yeah. You know. I love there's so many times. I think one of the like most repeated words in the Bible is remember. Mm-hmm. And For sure. and we we do a similar thing. We like write it in a journal or something that right. um or we do our little cork thing which you've seen at our dinner Absolutely. table and we write down like there's one in there that's like yours top 40 on country radio. Mm-hmm. You know like breaking top 40 was the biggest Dream thing that had have. ever happened. Yeah. Right. And looking back on those things, it is so humbling <laughs> and it just grounds you again. Sure. And it's like, he's done it before. He'll do, do it, it again. again. And um, you also said something yesterday that I don't think I'll ever forget. You s- we were just, you know, in a walk for a neighbor in the neighborhood and yeah. Rem Dog was like, I want to see BP. So we yeah. just showed up at Joey's house because they're those people right. to us. Like you had right. no idea we were coming. No. Nope. <laughs> just showed I was up at the, the trash. <laughs> yeah. Just showed up at the house. But you just so casually will just put like it's so good for us to have a couple who's just a f- like a little few steps ahead sure. of us. And you've got older kids and mm-hmm. like I was just asking, I was like, what do you do about this and that and parenting? And just if you don't have that in your life, just I want to encourage you to pray for it. That right. we had no idea that we would end up being neighbors with someone like that, you know? But God will bring them if you ask oh, for, for sure. and someone that you can look up to and mm-hmm. ask the hard questions and they're going to shoot you straight and you look up to in every, every area, honestly. So anyway, we're just sitting there and you're like, yeah, yeah. And like our relationship with God is, you know, is like a well that has no bottom. And I was like, wait, keep going. <laughs> yeah. And I want you to elaborate on that for my people, because I think that is like the most beautiful <clears throat> illustration of really what a relationship with God looks like. Yeah. And I think it's, the it's really drives home that choice, you know, that daily choice that God has wired within his creation to be able to choose each of us choose our participation in his kingdom work that's currently going on right Yeah, in the world. I always tell my kids and what I was telling you yesterday is like, you know, it's like, to me, it's been, um, like a well, like a well that you would draw water from. 
And, you know, we've all got these concepts of people lowering buckets and eventually you get to the bottom, right? And you hear a clank or you pull the water or whatever. But this is a well that has no bottom to it. Um, you can go as deep as you want to. You're never going to be able to get outrun the depth of the well and the exploration of what God has for you and the kingdom that he has built for you, right? Um, so if you find yourself plateaued or or s- sort of stopped, I'd say, or just sort of at a pause, right, which we all do that in our lives, that's not the bottom of the well, mm. right? That's maybe a break that you needed, mm. maybe because, as I mentioned earlier, the kingdom call is scary at times, right? And we're clinging to the edge of the cliff, the side <laughs> of the well going, I don't want to go down further. But if we'll let ourselves go further down, we'll learn more about ourselves and about the power of God to work in our lives, influence the lives of others, build community through us and around us. Um, but there's still not the bottom. So every place that we arrive, even with my wife, I'm like, it's where we are. It's where we are, but the invitation is to come further. Mm. It's to come deeper. It's always there and he's patient and he's gracious and he's kind and he knows where we are and what we need, you know, in this pause or in this stop. But, it's never the bottom. We won't see that till the, when we get to eternity. Mm. I believe we get the, the, the see through a lens that lets us know, you know, just how vast it is. But until then, while we're drawing breath, just know wherever you are, you you can go deeper. Mm. And it doesn't have to be a radical transformation of 17 crates and going to Africa. <laughs> I mean, that was just my that was just mm-hmm. my story. That's what we shared today. You know, it's like how how God reached me. It's, Totally different than how he's going to reach you. You know, maybe it's through this podcast and you just bake a cake or you go do something and you hear that all the time, but it's not, that's the reality. Yeah. It's, you know. Go love people. Little things make big differences. Yeah. Huge differences. And it's it's doing those things one after another and trying to see. And then I, I promise you that your testimony will mimic mine in the fact that, you know, this cake, this card, this dollar, this whatever was not was ministry by me to someone else, but ended up being, I, I was the one ministered to hmm. in every way because it revealed something to me about who I, who I am and what my identity is in Christ. And so I would just, you know, encourage people to take off the, any restrictor restrictor plates that you have on the on your on your car, you know, hmm. uh, let yourself just sort of flow in God's grace and mercy, and and don't beat yourself up when you don't get it right. Uh, I'm definitely not polished up a whole lot, uh, and try to live a life that gives people permission, as I mentioned earlier, just to be themselves, and um, it works, you know. It's real fun to watch. It, it works, and it's it's a lot of fun to participate with my friends and family in, and and uh, you guys have been a part of that for a few years now, and it's 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 been a lot of fun. It's been fun so for us. It's for inspiring, and we've gotten to be a part of y'all's fundraisers. But if anyone is yeah. listening, wanting mm-hmm. to get involved, yeah, is there somewhere they can go or say? So if someone wants to donate, what yeah. would they do? It's it's a uh, cultivate, so but it's. Spelled C U L the number two V A T E dot org. So that's www dot all of our Instagram, Facebook, all those LinkedIn, they're all like uh, cultivate farms. So C U L two V A T E F A R M S. So cultivate at cultivate farms. 
um, you get a lot of participation kind of links and ways. We got a retail store on the farm. So if you're yeah. local to the area that we live in, we sell a lot of great produce and food straight out of the garden. All organic. And, uh, and flowers. We got a flower garden. We got the bouquets. We got subscription bouquets. And, and it's, it's it's a really cool thing. It's I so don't run cool. any, many of <laughs> set vision and really encourage people forward, but they're doing a phenomenal job with this concept and, and uh, exploring the, the deeper inroads into community, however that may look in the Nashville, greater Nashville area. So um, the other way is I always say buy our food. Um, obviously giving we're a faith-based 501c3 right yeah. so um, we don't make a we make very little off the food we sell I tell people if you're giving half your food away as a farmer you're going broke quick mm-hmm. uh, but that's not why we're in the business um, we're in the business to really really redeem and give purpose to people's lives uh, restore brokenness so yeah and if you're visiting Nashville or, you know, you're in the area, the farm's always open. You know, it's a five-day-a-week farm, so <laughs> we're working. It's at the ag department, so it's really accessible. Um, it's a beautiful campus that we have there. And uh, so, yeah, stop by or, you know, yeah. come see it. But uh, missionally, it's a great it's a great ministry uh, with what I think has just a tremendous opportunity to create conversation around food and and uh, our food future and how we get food you know because a lot of us include my wife's loves fresh produce and that kind of thing but also join that alongside of people that are are in need of uh, jobs and you know so bring them along because uh every time that we're at a farmer's market or we're doing something in the community and the men and women in my program are serving the broader community, the best produce in the state of Tennessee. And they say, this is where we get our food and this is our farm. And we appreciate what you do. The smiles that I see on their faces are like, no, I've got a purpose now. I'm this community's farmer. Mm -hmm. Like I'm providing food and I'm providing fresh food to, uh, to the, to the people that want it and desire it in this area. So I, I mean, Every time I see that, again, it you know, I'm a I'm a crier often at times <laughs> anyway, but it just makes my heart just sing because I see r- what the kingdom of God is really supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Um, they're not supposed to not want good food and have their wealth, and he's not supposed to not have his dignity, right, mm-hmm. or she. But yeah. when we marry that together with the desires of both individuals and we see relationships develop, oh, that's just— that's just the best it gets. Yes. So I'm so proud of you. So proud uh, to know you. Seriously. Well, I'm happy to be on this show, but more importantly, happy to be your friend and to watch your kids grow with you and Russ and, and you watch our families grow. And, you know, it's this is how it's supposed to be. It's how it's supposed to be. It yeah. really is, you know. So, um, yeah, it's been a blessing. Yeah, thanks for being here, Absolutely. telling your story. You'll probably be back, let's be honest. Well, we are going to have so many more stories to tell. When I, yeah, I'll probably I'm here have for one it. in the parking lot out here in a minute. <laughs> Can't wait. Can't absolutely. Wait. Well, thanks, Kaylee. Thanks, Kaylee's. Joey. Love you. Yeah, love you. Next week's episode is my best bestie, Rebecca Gray. We have been best friends since the night we met our first semester in college. We walked through all the bad boyfriends and heartbreaks together and stood beside each other as we married the guys that God planned for us all along. I cannot wait for y'all to love my best friend, Becca.